0: Our guest this episode was born and raised in Carson, California, where she studied classical piano throughout her childhood, starting at a very young age. After high school, she attended, briefly, the University of California at Long Beach for one semester, where she studied interior design. Then she went to Sonoma State and graduated with a B.A. in both music and fine art. Our guest works as an accompanist in private studios and is currently the pianist who accompanies all of the applied music students, both the instrumentalists and the voice students at Santa Rosa Junior College in Northern California. She's also a vocal coach for these voice students at the college. While her guest career is primarily focused on music, her interest in the arts is eclectic. She has a passion for both comedy and drawing and finds great satisfaction through creating comic strips. She also loves variety shows, theater, puppets, And dance, and has even created, starred in, and produced several variety shows for the stage. She really has a can do attitude, is highly imaginative, and so creative. We are so pleased to welcome our multi talented, funny, and humble guest, Nancy Hayashibata. Welcome to Meaningful Musical Conversations, where we have heart-to-heart talks about music and life.
1: I'm Jill Minier.
2: And I'm Daniel Townsend. Um, thank you all so much for tuning in today. Nancy is in the <laughs> house today. How are you doing this morning?
1: Doing great. How are you guys? We're good. How great. are you, Jill?
0: I'm wonderful. Thank you. And Yeah. Ahead. And Nancy, I want to also just, can you say your last name for us all?
1: Hayashibara. And that's the um, Americanized version. In, in Japan, they would say Hashibara. They would do a little flip of the... R. Hashibara? Hashibara. Hayashibara. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Thank you. I would say, <laughs> You do the last name first. and then. Okay. Oh, wow. First Neat. Name. I didn't yeah. know that. Okay. Yeah. Oh. That's why it's very much, you know, there's a tradition of like family honor. And so your family name goes first. Mm-hmm. It goes first. That makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Neat. So if you mess up anything. Anyway. <laughs> so did you
0: grow up? Are you first generation um, Japanese? Did I'm kind you of
1: two and a half generation, okay. because my dad was born in uh, Washington State.
0: I meant first happen, first generation American. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah, so my dad was born <laughs> in Washington State, and then my mother, um, she flew over from Kumamoto, so she was oh. from Japan, so I'm kind of like in yeah. between. I see. Very cool.
2: Yeah. Yes. Well, I think it might be cool to start uh, letting listeners know kind of what you're up to right now, and we're, of course, we're going to delve into everything today, but for <laughs> listeners who don't know, Nancy is so talented on the piano yes. um just incredible you know um Jill and I both went to the JC where we saw her um do a lot of accompaniment and stuff that's kind of what you're doing at the JC yeah, right now right that's
1: my full-time job mm-hmm. is the uh, accompanist at Santa Rosa Junior College and I play for all the choirs I play for the singers and instrumentalists whenever they have to do their exams or their assessments right mm-hmm. yeah and yeah. it's,
2: it's, I just got to say, it's so incredible to watch you do that. Like, well, thank you. It's, I don't like to say it's like, because as musicians, we don't want to be called robots. And I'm sure you've heard that. And that's like the least cool thing ever to say. Not if
1: you're Japanese.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's just amazing that just watching you just read that stuff, like no problem. It's oh, just incredible. And it makes me super jealous. Oh,
1: so. no. Well, it's a, it's a lot like this place. It's a lot of work, mm-hmm. you know, that, that goes behind it. And, you know, just having really good teachers. I was very lucky at Sonoma State. I studied with Marilyn Thompson. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the teachers when I was there, I mean, they were just fantastic because they were not only brilliant, but they were also very kind. Mm -hmm. And it's good to have that as a role model because you don't always encounter that out in the world. And you think, well, sometimes people think that teachers need to be mean or they need to be hard in order for somebody to get good and that's not always the case you know and that's one of the uh, joys about being an accompanist is that I worked with so many studios so I got to see so many different kinds of people teach and I got to see like <laughs> what works <laughs> what doesn't yeah and just constantly wow. you know just filing that away filing that away so that maybe I could use something to help somebody later on down the road
0: interesting yeah I want to keep hearing more about Sonoma State, but before that, actually, um, I'd love to hear about what it was like for you growing up, and Mm -hmm. when you started with music, Mm -hmm. what kind of music was playing around the house, or just something that comes to mind that you want to share with us about Mm -hmm.
1: how you grew up. Well, the very first person who taught me how to play piano was my brother. Now, my sister took piano lessons, but my brother, he was, my my brother Patrick and I, we get along really great, and... He knew that I wanted to learn, and the very first thing he taught me was "bum bum 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 bum,", <laughs> bum, 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 bum. and it was it was a blast, you know. He was just, and the words that went with it is "Don't you touch that bird," uh-huh. and it was just oh my a God. blast. Aww. So he was the first one that taught me how to play piano. But as a kid, I really loved watching Liberace uh-huh. on TV. <laughs> it was always quite the spectacle, and you know, Mom was always like. Ha Nancy, you like Ghibraldi?
3: Yeah,
1: I like Ghibraldi. Yeah. And she goes, ah, you want to be famous pianist? I said, No, <laughs> I want to be gay. <laughs> really? Did you say <laughs> that Oh, oh my God! Wow.
3: <laughs>
1: but there was some part of that, you yeah. know, in your mind where you just kind of figure there's something different mm. about this person that's not like anybody else. Yeah. Yeah. On TV. But then eventually I did start studying piano um, mm-hmm. with the same teacher that my sister studied with. Okay. Yeah. What age was that,
2: do you think? Like, six. Six. Okay. That's pretty early. That's awesome.
1: Yeah. So did you enjoy practicing? Yes and no. Um, it was a, there were, there were four of us kids and two parents. And so sometimes when you're in that big of a household, practicing is a way of escape. Mm-hmm. It's a way to just get this quiet mind space that you don't always get. Um, But sometimes I would get ready to practice. We always had to practice an hour a day, my sister and I. Every day we had to practice. And so I'd get to the piano and I was just about ready to practice. And my mom would say, Nancy, practice! And I'd be like, oh! Oh God. I was just about to do it! Now (laughs) I don't want to! The most humongous (laughs) tantrum. I so
0: get that. Yeah. You oh, did. Yeah. Oh, my yes. God, yes. Yeah. I could totally want to do something, and the moment the parent, or uh, could be my husband, for example, yeah. I could be looking forward to doing something, and the yeah. moment that person then says, you know, do this, or whatever, um, it, it kind of, there's some way of stealing the inner motivation. Yes. And for the artist, yeah. you know, it sounds yeah. like you have that strong inner motivation. Yeah. And it's much yes. more fun to come from that place. Yeah, <laughs> totally.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I remember my poor little metronome
3: because
1: yep. we had to work with a metronome. And I had no idea how expensive those things were. They still are pretty expensive, like the wooden pendulum ones. Yep. Yeah. Very expensive. And this one had a little, a ding slider. Mm-hmm. So depending whether it was in two, four, three, four, 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 it would ding. Right. Re- yep. You know, and sometimes I would get so furious <laughs> because, you know, you're trying, you're trying, you're trying. And it still doesn't line up with a metronome. And then I would just one one day I just couldn't stand it. I had a huge temper as a kid. I, oh. I chucked the thing <laughs> across the room, and it went tumbling down the floor. Right. And then I picked it up and I started again. And then instead of that nice like clack, quack, it was like. Ah no. That poor thing.
0: Oh boy. I know. Well, you know, we, sometimes you just got a temper and
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, for a, a <laughs> you got a vent a little
0: bit. I worked bit, on but... that,
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh man, so you practiced about an hour a day, mm-hmm. and um, did you did is that pretty much lit? that's how much you played? That's kind of honestly, mm-hmm. I'm surprised <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> because well, because you're so amazing,
1: and I, are you an incredible sight reader? I didn't know I was good (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) until, you know, I got to college. And then they said, oh, you can read or you can sight read. Mm -hmm. Yeah, (laughs) I guess so. I guess so. And then when they saw that, then they were throwing tons of stuff in front of me, like going into chamber groups. And then they said, oh, here, why don't you accompany some singers? (laughs) And then they throw even more music in front of you constantly. But the thing is, sometimes it's not really a matter of, you know, reading notes Directly. Sometimes it's a matter of just kind of having that instinct because, you know, we've all heard music so much, and sometimes the patterns are there even if we're not intellectually aware mm-hmm. that we're using them. Hmm. Yeah. So
0: there's a way that somehow you're tuning into this place beyond, you know, the thinking mind when you're playing, and yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, or a feeling of style, you know. Mm-hmm. Having grown up with things like the Carol Burnett Show, Ooh. and even the Lawrence Welk Show, just seeing all this variety mm-hmm. of music, you just kind of get—it's like, okay, this is this style, mm-hmm. or that's that style, and then you just kind of instinct—you have this instinct for mm-hmm. what to expect. Totally. Yeah, neat. But I've always envied you guys for studying jazz because when you study jazz theory, I mean, doesn't that give you a little bit of a shorthand or a little bit of a shortcut into?
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, sure, yeah. It's funny, but there's a whole room full of envy now.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. Joel and I are over here just like, oh, come on. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, I mean, um, this is fascinating, I'm sorry. It's, it's yeah. just thinking about the ability to read. as As a guitarist, personally, mm-hmm. you know, we are notoriously... Not the greatest readers. <laughs> so maybe that's why jazz is kind of nice mm-hmm. um, in some ways, you know, less about reading. Yeah. More about conversation and just...
0: I, kind of yeah, um, I really actually enjoyed um, sight reading mm. a lot, and I mm-hmm. still sight read quite a bit. <clears> and, <throat> and yeah, um, for some reason, it's, it hasn't been that difficult for me. Although I will, that said, I will say that sight reading jazz rhythms... It's freaking difficult for me. I will say yeah. that because <clears throat> it is just so different that we do than what we do totally. in, um, yeah, European classical music. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> that said, jazz, yeah, it's, it's awfully fun to play jazz. I think, you know, the thing that I love about it is the collaborative thing, and it's not just playing by myself, but playing with other people. And so I could imagine that as an accompanist you know, as opposed to, like, a concert pianist, mm-hmm. you get to collaborate with other people, <laughs> you know, <laughs> constantly.
1: Yes and no. There's that big movement about calling accompanists, they say, no, you have to call us a collaborative keyboard artist. And I could say, well, I could call myself tall, and that wouldn't make it true. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> because there there is a certain amount of collaboration, sure, but there's also... Uh, if you're accompanying students that belong to a studio, mm-hmm. their teacher is going to want things a certain way, yeah. and the last thing they want is your two cents. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. Sure. And it's understandable because when I'm teaching, I don't want somebody like right. backseat driving on my teaching lessons, that right. sort of thing. Um, and then, of course, you know, you get into uh, if you're playing for a choir, mm-hmm. the director wants something their way, and yeah. so a lot of times you really have to check your ego at the door. Yeah. And so sometimes when you have to do day after day of playing and having people tell you how to play, that can get very frustrating. And so you have to make time and space where you're actually doing your own creative thing.
0: I see, interesting.
1: And that's why a lot of times I work on some kind of solo repertoire, and they mm-hmm. say, oh, you're working on a recital. It's like, no, mm-hmm. I'm saving is, my soul. for me. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: Wow, interesting. Well, yeah. I'm curious about your solo repertoire. What, t- yeah. what kind of music do you like to play for yourself?
1: I love to work on Ravel pieces, oh, gosh. but they're just so hard to learn. I mean, the front end of it is just so much, you know, like... But again, there are patterns. He's not that far out that he doesn't have, like... Oh, it's this scale, Mm -hmm. (laughs) or it's this. Oh, look, more augmented chords. Um, But once you get that down, then there's just the the shaping of it, the craft work of it. And that's such a joy, just Mm. to work on these phrases and see if you can bring them out. Mm. And especially if you get them during performance, then it's just like, oh, Oh, it's great. Wow.
0: Do you have any <laughs> Ravel pieces that you or snippets that you play by memory that you might want to play for us? With? I don't know. I think oh, I hear a, a no. slight yes in there, a shy yes. Yeah. Yeah.
3: <laughs>
0: and now we have the pleasure of listening to Nancy Hayashibara playing live from my living room. She's playing Alborada del Gracioso which is the fourth movement from Maurice Ravel's suite called Miroir.
2: quick question for you I'm sure. curious if you have like a favorite I don't know what to describe it as but accompanist style like do you like to work with singers or oh. do you have like a medium that you enjoy a lot
1: hmm that's a tough one to say because it's it's kind of like how people are <laughs> like there's a you know there there's such a variety and sometimes you'll work one particular style and you just know when you You know what it's like when you just really click with somebody and you really have this groove with them, and and I've found that in various different styles.
2: Right. So maybe it's more dependent on the just the people and how they are.
1: It is. I mean, and accompanying is one of those mixed blessings kind of Mm -hmm. (laughs) jobs, you know, because on the one hand, you actively get to participate in somebody's musical growth. Mm Like, especially with kids, and you see them just exponentially get better and better and better so quickly. And there's always that moment where you know they get it, like where they get music, where it's not just mom made me sit (laughs) and crank out on my violin for, you know, 15 minutes or whatnot. Mm -hmm. And there's also that kind of play that you have, and especially I think it's... um, challenging and something that's already structured. Like with jazz, you guys get to play off of each other and it's like, oh, let's play around with this rhythm or let's see what this comes out. Whereas with classical, it's like, this is all laid out for you.
3: Mm-hmm. True.
1: And people have been performing this, this way for so long. Mm-hmm. What more can you do to it? Mm-hmm. Right.
0: right, So Nancy, as an accompanist, Are you, so you work, um, you have rehearsals with students at school before Mm -hmm. you perform? Yeah. And how many rehearsals would you say that you have with a student before?
1: The way that I have it structured, um, I have to meet with maybe up to about 70 students a semester. Oh, my God. Between the various classes. And so I usually have about 50 spots during the week where I can meet with students. And they're 15-minute sessions. And for each song that they have, they get to meet with me for two of those fifteen minute sessions. Mm-hmm. And then they also play they also perform in class mm-hmm. as well. So there's not a lot. Wow. So so those fifteen minutes are very valuable.
0: Yeah.
1: And it's like find find the heart of what's going to help them. Mm-hmm. But also have fun.
0: Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, I bet <laughs> I bet you they're always having fun They're in every little session with you because you're such a heartful person. And um, just a preview, Nancy is also a comic, and we're <laughs> going to hear about that later. <laughs> oh my, yeah, yeah, um, yeah <laughs> just so. But I'm also curious: in those 15-minute sessions, mm-hmm. or perhaps in the hallway, are you ever an emotional support for those people? Because music is obviously such a—it can bring
1: up so much. It's a very vulnerable state. So absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, um. I'm very lucky in that way because I'm not faculty, I'm actually staff, and so this is kind of like that in-between of I'm not quite, you know, I'm not a student, I'm not a teacher, and so there is a certain level of relaxing that students are able to do. around me. Nice. But yeah, like you said, it is a very open and vulnerable thing to do music, Mm -hmm. especially singing, oh my gosh. So,
0: yeah, tell us about that. So singing more so than instrumental, you you think?
1: I think so, because there's no no intermediary. Because, like, with a piano, there's me, there's the piano, and then there's what comes out of it. And with voice, it's just you, and there it is. Right. Mm -hmm. And you feel like oh, people can really see how I am mm-hmm. yeah. by how I sing. But, you know, it's true of anything. They can see how you are by how you play, too. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes. I, yeah.
2: think, I think you're onto something there, I would agree. Yeah.
1: Definitely. And you
0: know that phrase, like, people can see how you are? That's... <clears throat> I think that is really um, a very succinct way of saying the... Talking about the vulnerability... Um, that we all have these things maybe that we're afraid that other people are going to see about us through our playing uh, or singing.
1: Yeah, and on some level, some people don't quite know that, but I think
0: True.
1: I think in general most people do. Yeah. It's like, oh, no. <laughs> they can yeah. see that I have bad rhythm. Right. Yeah, how does that translate to the bedroom? No, anyway. <laughs> uh-huh.
2: <laughs> Well there's that there's that <laughs> we're going to have to start changing topics for a second.
0: <laughs> Are you a good dancer too? Well, <laughs> uh, oh, mm. well that's interesting. Mm. Well, you know, and I think about the the thing that you know, it, it would be maybe interesting for each one of us to to share like that little piece of the thing that maybe we're most afraid somebody might see about mm. us through our our sure. playing or performing. Mm-hmm. Who wants to start? Um,
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel. Okay. Um, let's see. Uh, of, of the many laundry list items that I might have, um, I think, not that I'm nervous on stage, I really don't get nervous anymore, but sometimes nervous notes, you know what I mean by that? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. notes that don't speak of like the confidence. Like I know exactly I'm going to play this note. Mm-hmm. Sometimes like, I'm gonna try to play this note and see yeah. what happens. Yeah. That that's something I'm afraid of a lot. And just um, lately, it's been more uh, trying to sound more vocal. I suppose am I playing like mm-hmm. less just doodly doodly doodlies, mm-hmm. kind of like unnecessary, not thinking about what I'm playing, kind of stuff. I catch myself doing that a lot still. So that's uh, my nervousness for like trying to just be more genuine and less. Mm-hmm. Noty. yeah so maybe
0: like a powerful presence yeah exactly intentional yeah um,
2: that's that's kind of the gist of what i'm mostly worried about on stage these days (laughs) thank you you. yeah yeah Yeah. and then i guess as far as uh vocals and stuff the the hardest thing for me is um holding eye contact between everybody constantly Mm -hmm. that's difficult right I have all the tricks to avoid that as best as I can while pretending that I am right uh-huh. you know looking in the back of the room at like you know you find a couple markers like the beer bottle over there and like the exit sign uh-huh. you know? so you find some friends that aren't people <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> oh, that's
3: funny. you know, and
2: then eventually through the course of the night, you get better with like at least I do with you know looking at people, but it's always a difficult mm-hmm. thing for me to do, mm-hmm. yeah, thank so. you. Jill. <laughs> okay.
3: Well,
1: sorry, <laughs> just like away uh, ping pong.
0: <laughs> um, let's see. <clears throat> I I think honestly one of the hard things for me is um, not actually the experience of being nervous, but being seen as nervous. Mm. And so, um, yeah, I think there's some. Maybe some embarrassment that, <clears throat> that I don't have more mastery of myself, even though, to be honest, like in these podcasts, when usually when we start out,
3: mm-hmm.
0: I'm always like a little overly excited and I have a hard time managing my energy. And as the guests might hear, sometimes my voice is a little bit shaky and in the beginning. <clears throat> and so honestly, um, well, I, I do feel like I'm starting to overcome it a little bit after having some traumatic Experiences like, Hmm. for example, at the JC, doing playing nearness of you and singing uh, for my jury. The solo part—I don't know if you were there for that. I don't for the solo part. Oh God, did you hear me swear and curse as I literally in front of all the professors as I stood up off the piano bench? I'm really, you know, I really—I had a slight temper tantrum towards myself, Mm -hmm. you know, because I'd worked so hard on on this piece, and it was just really early. I think it was year two of of studying jazz. Mm. But anyway, um, so that was a traumatic experience for me, having Mm. such negative emotions towards myself because I made a mistake early on. But I will say this, because I made that mistake, like, not made the mistake, but I had such emotional trauma. And my poor music teacher, John Simon, by the way, Mm. who's been a guest, he was trying to comfort me as, you know, calm me down, but there was no, mm, <laughs> there was no sure. calming me down. I just had to like, yeah. you know, whatever. But yeah. that said, the trauma of that has made me much more comfortable mm. being nervous and not, and being okay with making mistakes. And the more that I've been out playing and I, mm. I always tell myself, I prepare by saying, it's okay to make mistakes. It's okay, whatever happens is fine. My goal is to be present and relaxed and enjoy myself. That's mm, my goal. Yeah,
2: that's so important.
0: And I really, literally have to remind myself every time mm-hmm. that that's my goal. Mm. And I, I do prepare plenty, of over-prepare course. sometimes. So. Yeah. Yeah. But so, yeah, I would say to answer that question, of Ooh. course, I'm sorry, guess I'm a little long-winded. I'm trying to work on it. <laughs> oh, <that's
3: good. laughs>
0: I'm trying. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm afraid of yeah, or making like a really when we're all doing hits together, or there's some big thing that happens to, has to happen all at once. Mm. But you know, I make a big boo boo or whatever. Yeah. But still, it's like you know, shit happens. Yeah, totally. I do my best.
2: <laughs> I'm glad you said that. Like, that's so difficult to just be able to sit down and be like, it's okay if I'm if I mess up. Here mm-hmm. then, like I have prepared, and it's just kind of as much as I yeah. can prepare for this right now. I. I think that's super yeah, useful. And it's hard cuz you do have to like remind yourself every time. Every I time. Do that too. Yeah. You know, it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. You've got to walk on stage back. Well, I'm probably going to screw up some stuff, so mm-hmm. it's going to be okay. Yeah,
0: you and know? you know, I just I just, bef- just want to yeah, and piggyback up on that, that to say that I would say that this whole thing that I've been learning about it's okay mm-hmm. to um, look nervous. It's mm-hmm. okay to not know how to do something. The, and get used to this through all that I've done with learning music over the past, whatever, seven years. <clears throat> um, jazz, that is. Because the classical was a totally different situation for me. But it's making me much more comfortable in public with like the social anxiety that I didn't quite realize mm-hmm. that I had. Like whether it's traveling or mm-hmm. whatever, I feel much more relaxed than I used to. So I would say that what I've been working on you know musically is really helping me in my everyday life, which is also nice, Wow, but enough about me <laughs> <laughs> Nancy, I can't wait to hear about you know what you're
1: what do I worry afraid about? You, that people might yeah.
0: find out about you through your playing
1: I don't know I mean partly i'm I'm pretty much an open book like when i do when I make comics and things like that, that's just pretty much just who I am and every time I play I make it as much there's no I feel like a lot of times there's no fourth wall unless it's something that that I never really agreed to play in the (laughs) first place there there are very few instances like that but I feel like whenever I play that's that's you so Yeah.
0: yeah. yeah so there's a level of acceptance of this is of yourself
1: Oh yeah, I mean, <laughs> I wouldn't say it was an easy road, but, yeah. but absolutely, and it's like you know all those all those flaws, all those biffs, but then again, you know all those really good moments. It's like that's all, mm-hmm. yeah, that's only me. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Is there? Did you ever have that part of you that was was more critical of yourself?
1: Oh, absolutely, <clears throat> absolutely. I went through many years um, about 10 to 15 years I would think of feeling that I was not a good musician just feeling terrible and I'd worked with a director I'll keep nameless who was very just managing every single measure like I had to Mm. watch them all the time and I had to do that all the time And I just felt like I felt like on the one hand the director wanted what was good and musical about me, but I never got to show that, so then what am I doing here?
3: Mm.
1: Other than being you know, fingers on the keys. Uh, And it took a long time to get through that. And then also when I was a kid, my mom would get, she would get so angry if my sister and I made one mistake. If we made one mistake at a recital, we heard it all the (laughs) way. Home.
0: Oh my God! Yes, can imagine.
1: It was tough, and so yeah, you just didn't want to make a mistake. And you know, no, I'm not the only one who goes through that with their parents. But.
0: So, do you, how did that affect you? Yeah. You're playing the fact that your mother kind of like forbade you to make a mistake. I mean, did how did you go through a process? Because I would imagine that it makes you make more mistakes when you're afraid of making oh, no, mistakes. No, no, no. <laughs>
1: Um and then eventually it resorted to bribery. It's like <laughs> if you don't if you don't make a mistake, I'll take you to McDonald's.
2: <laughs> that that seems like that work for a lot of you.
1: <clears throat> well, uh, not too well. I only went once. <laughs> <laughs> I would have gone a whole zero time. <laughs> so, yeah. so. Oh
0: my god. Wow. <coughs> so did me. so did you practice more then to avoid making mistakes, or how did you accomplish
1: that? Um Well, like I said, we practiced an hour a day. Mm -hmm. And so when you practiced, it was, yeah, you have a lot of arguments with your hands. You know, it's like you tell your left hand, it's like, stop missing that note. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You just uh, start to negotiate with your hands, like, don't make a mistake. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, you just practice a lot. Mm -hmm. and (laughs) It's pretty funny because, you know, like when mom was angry at us, it was, we'd get home. And our house was kind of like, kind of how we were chasing each other around here. <laughs> there was a circle. <laughs> like he missed that. An, yeah, there's a little <laughs> island in the middle. And mom would yell. <laughs> she would yell at, at us, right? Yeah. And it didn't matter. Like, both of my sister and I were motivated not to make a mistake because it didn't matter. Like, whoever made a mistake, we'd still have to hear you
3: know? mm-hmm. sure. mom yeah. yelling at us, yeah. right? Mm-hmm.
1: And so this was how we got to learn about the Doppler effect, right? We'd hide in our room. And she would be yelling throughout the house. And you'd hear her, you know, she was. <laughs> she and she'd circle past our room and it's like, oh, my gosh. Oh, Please man. just spank us. <laughs> <laughs> just get it over with. Right. Yeah. Spank oh us. And so there's always that, oh, my gosh, can't mess up, can't mess up.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And then you go out there and then music gets harder. Yep. And then it's like, well, <laughs> at some point you just think, I could just be nervous about this or I could make mistakes and if other people care about it, bless them. Yes, <laughs> totally. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Because I don't have I don't have time or the health. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, your own physical well being, like just feeling like if you're so wound up about worrying about making a mistake, then then how committed are you to making music? I mean mm-hmm. Like what is is that really the essence of it? Is getting every single note? Well in that case I'll just put it into MIDI. Yes. <laughs> you know? Totally. Yeah. Let the machine notes that. and yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like there. It's perfect. That's
2: a great point, you know. That is a
1: great point. Yeah. yeah.
2: So music isn't about being flawless at all. No. It's about
1: expression. Absolutely. Like I was talking about with Ravel, like working on those things and yeah. just wanting to wanting to tell stories or wanting to just have a room follow you on this little musical journey Mm -hmm. It's like check this out or listen to this or here you know here are all the little things that are just like coming out of the ground and here's the sky and yeah you know just getting all this evocative stuff out there and and having this journey because a lot of times what we forget about making music like see there's with music there are about four four elements of it there's the thing that vibrates, whether it's the voice or the instrument or, you know, sound coming out of an amplifier. And then there's the energy source, whether it's right. our breath, yes. or whether it's our fingers on the keys or on the strings or anything like that. <coughs> and then there's the medium. Mm-hmm. So right. there's the air, right? Yeah. Unless you're a whale, <laughs> and it's, and then, then it's water. Right. Mm-hmm. Sure. But the fourth one is is also what we tend to forget, is that it's the ears that are hearing it.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So it's the people mm-hmm. that are hearing it, hearing it is also making music, which is which is I think why we have such a struggle with um, classical music and audiences mm-hmm. because our ears are used to hearing a lot of other things yeah. that are you know quote unquote fun,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and like classical music it's a cultivation it's something that needs to be. Um, brought into your childhood or or just put into some kind of public space where people get to hear it a lot, because otherwise, you know, the ears aren't tuning into what's happening. Mm hmm. It's just something mellow, <laughs> or it's yeah, something that it's a doesn't. So, quite oh, have. soft music. Yeah, that's nice. Oh yeah, yeah, I can like do my chores. To <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, or yeah. homework or something. And like
2: And that's that. why you have the you know stereotypical image of someone sitting in their chair with the speakers, the classical music, and their little wine glass. But what, what that actually <laughs> yeah. means is they're being intentional and trying to be the listener and see what's happening here. You know, it's not just yeah. about having some background going. On. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: yeah. The, you know,
0: well, you know, this conversation about this <clears throat> brings me to actually thinking about how you and I, how I recall meeting you, not just seeing you, but but mm-hmm. actually an interaction, first interaction that I remember that, that we had, which was in the hallway at the JC, mm-hmm. and I was wearing um, a Wu Academy <laughs> yes. uh, long-sleeved red T-shirt mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, that I'd gotten at Wu Academy, and um, this is Justin Eggert's um, Tai Chi Academy and Kung Fu Academy. And so I had, I've known him a long time, but you had called out, Wu Academy. And so <laughs> <laughs> I turned around. And so we had this lovely conversation about Justin and studying it yeah. at, at Wu Academy. Mm-hmm. So this conversation that we're having reminds me of Tai Chi mm. and energy. And do you want to say anything um, about um, Tai Chi at all? That Like how that's informed...
1: Or the practice has informed your music in any way, or maybe it hasn't. Oh, it has absolutely. It um, the great thing about tai chi. When I went into it, I wanted to have a body awareness, like how my body fit in space, <laughs> how I moved through it, where I was going. And but the <clears throat> studying tai chi, like when you do these moves, you get a certain kind of confidence that. Um, you don't get on the... I mean, you get it if you, do, if you study dancing, just something that gets your body physically moving in space
3: yeah.
1: <laughs> at a time in front of people.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And the neat thing about Tai Chi is I always used it when I was very nervous at the piano because it makes you have a lower center of gravity. Yeah, yes. Because when people get nervous, they bring everything up. They bring their shoulders up mm-hmm. or they, they just start to lock things yeah. mm-hmm. up. And Tai Chi... Mm-hmm. You're mm-hmm. trying to just relax yeah. and get more towards this, you know, the Dantian, like right. be a little bit focused on your own center of your body. Mm-hmm. And then it's always like, okay, shoulders, letting them come down, yeah. that whole thing. And then it's like, oh, wow, <laughs> I actually made it through this passage. Yeah. Wow. Just having this different body awareness. And also, mm-hmm. I think the adrenals are somewhere mid back
3: mm-hmm.
1: here. And so it was this way of just kind of dropping the shoulders. And just letting the adrenals get just a little bit of a massage. It's like, mm-hmm. just calm down. You're okay. Yeah, um, We're all okay here. And, and just feeling a little bit more grounded yes. in it. So, yeah, Tai Chi absolutely does help me musically.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Neat. Yeah. Yeah. But that was fun. <laughs> I do remember that. Yeah. <laughs>
0: like, yeah. We had lots of um, fun little interactions and halls over the, you know, the six years that I was there. <clears throat> I mean, semester was, after you semester. You would think it
1: would be like a Kung Fu movie. It's like, hey, you. <laughs> yeah totally <laughs> I challenge you <laughs> to <"Til it fight."
3: laughs> a fight <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> dubbed <Don't control. laughs> oh
2: man oh. well why don't we switch gears for a second um, I'm gonna talk about your comics I'm very curious about them oh, you've been comics. working on you know and, and just just to kind of um, touch on something you said like um, and this seems to be the way you play music too it's you know, your your comic is just you, mm-hmm. right? You're kind of pulling from experience and just who you are as a person. I was hoping to talk to you about that a little bit and yeah. just see what you're working on and kind of what that process is like. What got you started in that in the first place?
1: I always loved to draw. And aside from practicing piano being an escape, drawing was also an escape. Mom thought that drawing was an absolute waste of time. <laughs> She would always say, why are you wasting your time? And you're just always oh, drawing. Right. It's like, because it's fun. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> and there's a challenge of trying to get it right. Mm-hmm. And at one point, Mom said, how come you're always drawing men? <laughs> like, I was <always> draw all <laughs> these fighter dudes in armor and stuff like that. It's mm-hmm. like, well, you don't really like see a lot of women in comics, which made sense. And But it did make me think. It's was like, yeah. oh. Why don't I? And then I started to try to draw women, and I found out why, because it's hard. <laughs> Practical reasons. Yes. It's very difficult. They say women and cats. It's hard to draw women oh, really? and cats. Really? interesting. Cats. I've gotten great at cats. Um, <laughs> I've gotten better at women. Really good at dragons. But <laughs> yeah. Nice. I just always loved drawing, and then in high school, I used to do a comic called Ferret's Wheel. <laughs> it was yeah. these little weasels. Oh <laughs> so neat. And stuff oh. like that. So I've always done comics and then sometimes it's just kind of interesting because people say, oh that's so raw. And it's like, there's nothing raw, it's just me. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. Just me drawing. Oh. So know.
0: that comic actually you know on Facebook that I saw that you mm-hmm. made um <clears> and <throat> the, the first um what do you call it? like square? I don't mm-hmm. know what you call yeah. it. Panel. Yeah. The, the panel. Square, the yeah. first panel uh, is you with a name tag, like, hello, I am, when your name was (laughs) Fat. And, you know, I mean, God, that, I think, talk about Raw. I know that, you know, you're saying, well, it's just (laughs) you, but for many people that, you know, you people wear a mask about, um, we wear a lot of masks. And so you Uh, kind of, there was no mask in this. Do you want to say something about that comic and about... Sure. Uh, you know, the issues that you addressed in there?
1: Well, that one can be just this whole thing that explodes into other things. But, you know, a lot of times we have our first impressions. Like, when we see some people, when we see people, a lot of times the first thing that click into our mind, like, short, tall, fat, right. black, white, skinny, you know, or mm-hmm. anything, yeah. anything. It's like, I think we're hardwired for that. That's like this ancient... It is. Part of our makeup because that's how we had to survive, right? Like, are they a threat? Are they not a threat? Do I run from this? Mm -hmm. Right, you know, um, that sort of thing. And this comic, it's just like this big frustration of of weight issues. Like when you go to the doctor, Mm -hmm. like that is all they see. Like if you're over a certain BMI, then all of a sudden their mind switches to like, okay, well then obviously this is what you need to right. do, and this mm-hmm. is why everything is wrong with you. And, and they stop looking. Mm-hmm. They really stop seeing who you are and what could actually really help you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a tough thing. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. and you know, a lot of times people don't go into a doctor. Like, I haven't gone in because it's like, oh, I know they're going to weigh me, I know mm-hmm. they're going to say this, know, and you know, what help is that going to be?
0: Right. And in a way, it can even just pile more <laughs> stuff on top of you that... Yeah, Yeah. It makes it harder. And plus, to be honest, I will just I don't think doctors know a hell of a lot about nutrition, you know, just traditional doctors. And, you know, it's just not as straightforward as as everybody thinks. It's not it isn't about calories in and calories out and math. And it's not about always weight. It's like how much does happiness and self-acceptance play a part in our in our physical health? Yes. And what kind of anyway but we won't go oh, <laughs> down Girl, all that road i'm right behind you on i'm ready to dive in deep. <laughs> but i loved that comic and if you guys anybody wants to follow nancy on facebook
1: yeah. you can check out that comic yeah. um it was a fun one to make but you know like things like that like that one page comic is about four pages of writing mm-hmm. just writing 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 and then you'd you concentrate it because you have this limited space. So it's like, I only have this amount of space to say what I need to about this particular topic. Mm. And then, you know, you've written, like, all this stuff. It's like, but don't they... No, no, no. Because you have to think about it. That's what I think is great about comics is that you just have this you can't just wax poetic or you can't mm. write war and peace. <laughs> and it's <Right>. like people who <laughs> just enjoy panel. a couple of doodles. So, yeah, so you have to really find out what is the heart of what you're trying to say. Mm. And and you just say it. And sometimes you can say it with a picture and sometimes you can say it with words. It's this great little mix of things like picture and words. Mm-hmm. To say, And, and it, yeah, so it's very... It's a very tough medium. That took me a long time. But like I said, it's the second job. It's the thing that saves me. (laughs) Like when you're doing your regular job of being an accompanist, then you have to do something. Mm -hmm. Right. Something for you. Yeah.
0: Now, have you ever written a comic about an experience, a funny experience that you had um, as an accompanist, for example?
1: I'm working on a (laughs) book. (laughs) Oh, yes. Oh,
3: my
0: God. Yes. Can you tell us a story, like a funny story, just like one funny story about something that happened? As oh, a
3: for
0: a company? Or, or something else.
1: Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> I'll have to think on that. Okay. Sure, of course.
2: <laughs> hmm. Um, it's that's so fascinating hearing about the comic, like how that operates mm-hmm. for you. I've always loved comics growing up, but I don't think I really understood yeah. its like... The real meat and potatoes of it like what's going on
1: there you know? everybody has a different process yeah. for making them and but it is it is fun it's just a fun medium but it's also very unforgiving <laughs> sure that's true. and of course you know it's one of these things that's always kind of tricky because I, my second major in in college was art mm-hmm. and so i was right on that cusp of when things were going to really explode digitally Whereas, like, what's the point of being a fine artist if all graphic design and everything is done on a computer? Yeah. But I was, like, right on the edge of that to where it was still kind of, like, six and one half a dozen of the other, which one was more faster or mm-hmm. more economical, that sort of thing. And so with comics, it's also a trippy thing, too, because, like, now people can do vector line drawings. and right. What gets the point across? Like, you see a lot of web comics... And it's really not about, like, getting a pen on paper, but it's, like, trying to make this image and these words just instantly click. So it's not always about, like, drawing ability. That's what I try to tell people. It's, like, you don't have to be a good artist to make comics. You just have to, like, be able to get that image across. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it can be very simple.
0: Yeah, Mm -hmm.
1: interesting. Yeah, just
0: as a side note, when... when, um, my brother and I lived in San Francisco, and I always made my Christmas gifts because I didn't have any money. So I made him a um, a black address book, and for every single letter, I made a cartoon. It was black and oh, white, oh, and then wow. I painted it like with um, watercolors. Oh, so every beautiful. letter, it was yeah, That's it was a cool like a idea. funny thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but anyway, um, it was yeah. I actually have it because well, he's no longer with us, right. but um, hmm. yeah, cartoons. But I loved hearing how you made. How you wrote all of these many pages and had to figure out a way to you know um, pare it down to what are what is really the core thing that, that I want to say here? Mm-hmm. How can I give it this punch? Neat: hmm.
2: Yeah, are there any other comics like so I know that they're often about a reflection of what. You're experiencing what's going on. Have you written any other ones that deal with any different topics? That
1: are just like (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So um you know earlier I was talking to you about orcs. (laughs) Yes and things like that. So this story, uh the main character's name is Orkley Borkley. And I, <laughs> I cannot possibly be
2: more in love with this already.
1: <laughs> Partly why I wrote the story was for my poor, poor friend who's a high school teacher <laughs> who teaches music in Southern California and just the, the things that he has to go through, you know, just not feeling supported by the administration and just constantly being Sisyphus rolling this boulder up the hill sure. of trying to teach music. in a a culture that's like really not into things that require a lot of time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I wrote this story, or I started working on it, and it just kept exploding. And then it's kind of fun to, when you really appreciate people that are able to draw comically, because when you actually try to, (laughs) it's just so hard. It is so hard. Yeah, especially when you spent your life, you know, like, doing life drawing classes or trying Uh to get things to look real. Yeah. And then when you try to get them not to, Mm -hmm. it's a big struggle that way. Interesting. But, yeah, so I think art, like, doing things that aren't uh, just, like, a a self-reflective thing, I think it's always been a mixed bag of things. Like, I've always wanted to do uh, stand-up with lots of projections and stuff like that. And the technology is caught up to where that's feasible. Like, back in the day, you weren't always sure if the projector was going to work. Mm, Yeah, Yeah. definitely. And things like that.
0: Interesting. I think we're from the same era. Um, (laughs) But, um, so, I saw online that you did a show, a comedy Mm -hmm. show, in 2018 at the Glazer Center in Mm -hmm. Santa Rosa. Um, And you, I think you had some special guests. Mm -hmm. So, I would love to hear you talk about that show and...
1: It's a lucky thing that I get to do. I used to play for the Unitarian Church. I played for them for about 15 years, on and off. And you know, you'd all of a sudden blink, and it's like, oh, I've been doing something for 15 years. Wow. So um, a while ago, they had asked me to do a fundraiser concert. And first, you know, I was like, oh, you know, like just do a recital, play some music, that sort of thing. But from the get-go, it's like, well, if I get to do what I want, <laughs> <laughs> then what I want to do is like a variety show. I mm-hmm. love the oh idea of God. variety shows. So it'll have comedy, it'll have it'll have music, it'll have singing, it'll have all kinds of stuff, you know, and that's what it was. And the interesting thing is like when I got up there to do some stand-up stuff, it was just just like falling out of a tree, so to speak. There was really? like there was no, no nervousness. Unbelievable. It was kind of like oh, this is what I've been meant to do, but you know, it's not like I'm going to pursue. A, 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 you wouldn't? No, no, I wouldn't, because I think Mom, it's very no. situational. Because
3: <laughs> mm. uh-huh.
1: like it was for this for this recital or for this um, show, it's it just fit there, mm-hmm. and so it was easy to do there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: So, but did you write, I mean, did you write all the stuff in advance and... Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: I wrote it. And then, you know, it's like, oh, I'm going to need these cards. I was like, no, I won't. (laughs) I know this. Yeah, I know this. How long was
2: the the set for you?
1: It was about an hour and a half to two hours. So it's like a full on show. And then I, so I've done them throughout the years, like every two or three years. I do these shows at the Glazer Center and I just have various people that come in. And one of them is my friend Billy Sue Fisher. Mm-hmm. And I just she just sings this really great stuff, like from her gut. <laughs> it's uh-huh. just fantastic to work with her. And um, yeah, so comedy stuff. And the last one, I wrote this song called Second Best. <laughs> it's mm. like because we have all these songs about, oh, you're the your greatest. People. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so yeah. what if we had this song about somebody who was like mm, not quite much <laughs> <but laughs> of <you laughs> li- But you liked them anyway. Pretty
2: good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I
1: And then so as I was writing it, I got to this one little like break section and I was like, oh, it needs tap dancing. (laughs) I was like, I don't know how to tap dance. (laughs) And so I ordered some tap shoes off of Amazon. (laughs) And I was like okay, let's see, what can I do with these things and not kill myself? <laughs> oh, my God. And so I was like, yeah, it needed a tap routine. Mm-hmm. So I choreographed this whole tap routine, and, you know, I got to the song that night. So I'm performing it, you know, it's going great, going great, and here's the tap break. It's like, oh, yay, I'm alive. And then, so you finish the tap dance, and then you get back to the keyboard, and then you have to sing after you've been down dancing. Oh, my. Oh. And I did practice that, but nothing gets you ready for, you know, like nerves, dancing, Ventilation, dry mouth <laughs> singing, and it's like, oh, it's like the triathlon
2: of music here. <laughs> yes,
1: <movie>. I really <laughs> felt like I was going to die, and I was like, well, at least there are a couple of doctors in the audience.
2: <laughs> <laughs> if I go down here,
1: oh, you'll be all right. and you're just singing. It's like, oh, well, I'm just get a just keep going with it. Here's the high note, okay, done. Oh, gosh, wow, but it was wow. a blast, and then, um, made this big puppet, it was kind of like this, um. Kind of representation of the earth with PVC pipe, and it was like this big thing that I had to rig PVC pipe to and work with oh. just to see if it would come across. You know? mm-hmm. right. But yeah, it's like, what do I know about puppet building? <laughs> <laughs> Not much, but,
0: wow, this is amazing.
1: But it's nice to have those opportunities. So if somebody gives you an opportunity to say, well, what would you do if you could do any kind of show you wanted? Mm-hmm. And then it's like, wow. And then you have to make it. <laughs> right. Yeah. And that's always fun. And again, there's like pages and pages and pages of stuff, of material, that just end up on the cutting floor.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I kind of, I would like to see you pursue that more. Perfect.
1: Me too, me yeah.
2: too. <laughs> I never been thinking it, totally.
1: I would too. It, it's... Um, it's a tough thing because it takes a lot out of me because I've never repeated stuff in a show, mm-hmm. you know. So there's the element of like the classical pieces that I get ready for it, and they're very <laughs> challenging. Yeah. And then, you know, the comedy stuff just that just falls out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really exactly. easy. And then dance and singing and all that other kind of stuff. And it, it's um, you know like the day after I'm just like <sighs> I believe it.
2: Yeah. right wiped I out.
1: But I think anything like if you <laughs> do it more, your body adapts. And so mm-hmm. yeah, if I did it more. Absolutely, so if it just it would involve um, another discipline, like I always talk about the second my second job mm-hmm. you know, of doing the creative stuff mm-hmm. and uh, so yeah <laughs> I'm not a first to it, but
0: so I'm sure that it probably took a lot of time, a lot, a lot of
1: hours mm-hmm. as well, and
0: I'm wondering with your schedule at the JC did this happen during the summer, or how did you find the time to?
1: This one actually did. Sometimes they don't happen during the summer. Sometimes they happen like right near the middle or towards the end of a spring semester and then you're like, Why did I do
3: this?
1: (laughs) Or if it's in between during the winter break, that's even a short amount of time as well. And Mm then it's like, Well, you get no time to really have downtime. Yeah. But yeah, so you do so I would do the work at the JC and then I'd go home (laughs) and just like (laughs) write or, you know, practice and um, the summer show was great because I was playing for a summer voice class. And when that class was <coughs> done, I would stay in the room and I'd practice the tap dancing. Mm-hmm. I'd turn off a lot of the lights. Yes, <laughs> Because <That's laughs> I'm telling you, room 105 is great for tap dancing. Nice. I'll love that.
2: <laughs>
1: so uh,
0: during the break, we just took a little break. Um, and during the break, you just brought something up that a f- friend of yours, you and a friend mm-hmm. were talking about. Um, This idea, let's share that with the listeners.
1: Yes, Uh, my friend Judy Alba, she came up with the idea of a church of music where you would have just music on Mm -hmm. a Sunday. So there would be no sermon. The sermon is actually in the music, Mm -hmm. basically. And so it would just be an hour of of music. And I think that would be a great thing to to get going. I love (laughs) that idea. Yeah, Yeah, the
2: space, that's the
1: one thing. And all kinds of music, you know. We just find a way to just schedule people in.
0: Mm-hmm. I really love just, that idea. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, do you want to say anything about your sense of spirituality? Or?
1: Hmm. <laughs> 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 That's yeah. I guess it's a it's an interesting thing. <laughs>
2: um, <laughs> everyone's or, everyone's got their own versions.
1: Or, or not? I mean. <laughs>
0: Or maybe it's just like one, just one little sentence you want to say, or I mean...
1: Well, I think even though a lot of my ways of being aren't Japanese, I think spiritually some things are, as in feeling like a lot of, like there is spirit in everything, like as far as like nature, Mm -hmm. especially. Um, Like when I go to a place and I'm very nervous and... I've never seen this piano before. One thing I do is I actually put my hand on the piano, and I actually say, hello, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) I said, let's have a good time, you and I, or you know, hello, it's good to (laughs) meet you. I
2: hope all your notes are working. (laughs)
1: And if they're not, that's okay, because some days my fingers aren't all working. But just to have this communion, um, yeah, spirituality is a very tough thing, because it's so different for so many people, Mm -hmm. and I think it is very tied into, into, I think just being. Because I was always envious of friends of mine who were artists. They were clearly artists. Like my friend Machiko, she paints, and she would commute, you know, like an hour a day, hour one way to school and back. She'd be at the studio until midnight, just painting and painting and painting. And I was like, wow, that's an artist. <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah.
1: Yeah. That is an artist. And then. But there's n- really nothing that says you can't have that towards what you do in your everyday life with everything. Like you can treat everything that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and spirituality is such a tough thing. It's such a yeah. big subject. I don't know what do you?
2: Yeah, and, and here's, <laughs> here's the thing. Before you know, jumping into that, as long as we all, and I'm sure we all do, all agree that you know we're comfortable with. The, everyone having their own spiritual ideas and, mm-hmm. you know, because it is kind of like almost answering the question of how do I exist in this? Mm-hmm. You know, what makes sense to me and how yeah. do I like move about this life? Yeah. That's very like, it's hard to like communicate that, you know, it's kind of scary being that open about how you flow through life and, how yeah. you, you know, experience things and visualize and, you know, yeah, interpret everything. Yeah super difficult to do. Thank, thank you, Daniel. Yeah, I, I, so now that it's very That's difficult, sad. Jill, what do you think about it?
0: <laughs> that was beautiful. <clears throat> well, no. I noticed that, you know, um, that as you <laughs> threw that question back to me, I started <laughs> to feel my heart, like just kind of yeah. like, do, 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 it was know? just like, a, just
1: a kind of a like, a strong like boom, boom.
2: <laughs> yeah. No, it's a, it's a real it's, big deal. It's, I think
1: it's, it's, it's a good thing because we don't really have words that help us talk about mm-hmm. um, such things yeah and I guess for
0: me it's d- really developed over the years I will say that um, as a child <clears throat> my my sense of spirituality and I uh, is is different now than it was then back then I um, I grew up in a Presbyterian church and I was I was secretly in love with Jesus, and <laughs> I had this little child's Bible that I would hide under my bed because I didn't want anybody to know, oh. and he was kind of like my secret boyfriend, yeah, almost. Yeah, secret
2: crush at the time. You know? you yeah. <laughs> get it. Jesus' crush, and... yeah. I mean, who hasn't been there? <laughs> oh <God>.
3: awesome.
0: <laughs> but then something happened when I was 15, and um, my mother was actually, a, she, was, she was actually very active in the church, and she was... Um, typing the newsletter, the burning bush, and she was creating, <clears throat> um, you know, a garden outside in the parking lot, getting, you know, doing mm. all this stuff. But she was also um, being sexually abused by the minister, oh, no. who was often over at her house. Wow. No. <clears throat> yeah, like having dinner, and then later as a teenager, she told me many other things that they were right. doing. So anyway, at that point, I kind of um, lost my sense of... Because I will say that... This is a horrible thing to say, but as a, I was going to say even as a Christian, but I'm going to say as a Christian, yes. as I was back then, <clears throat> I never got confirmed because um, I never, ever wanted to commit to one... I didn't believe in one path, or mm-hmm. there's a lot of things that I didn't believe, but right. I had a sense of, of spirituality. Totally. So anyway, but yeah. to describe my sense of spirituality, I don't really have a lot of very specific words for that Mm -hmm. other than to say that it's a great mystery and that um, it's probably like the foundation of the way that I live my life and that um, I'm definitely a work in progress and kindness um, is... Is really probably the biggest part of it—kindness towards myself and recognizing that, really, everything that exists is is uh, well, no word for everything that yeah. I don't really have words for that. But there's just a practice of feeling my oneness, mm-hmm. you know, with with all that is, and looking to see and untangle what keeps me feeling and experiencing a mm-hmm. sense of disconnection or separateness right. at times. So <clears throat> I do spend quite a bit of time looking at those things and self-reflecting mm-hmm. and seeing where my mind creates, helps create separation and just trying to have as much self-compassion, um, you know, as possible.
2: Wow. So Yeah, that's amazing. It can be kind of mm. difficult and just hard to regulate in a way. It's just being present and mm-hmm. seeing where that disconnection starts. I'm terrible at that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, well, just, you know,
0: yeah, I mean, writing to me, writing, and of- which I've done for, for you know, ever, mm. just have stacks and stacks and stacks of journals. But writing really actually helps me with that. Yeah. Um, just, and kind of like a practice of, it's a combination of listening. And writing, like sometimes I'll have these little conversations Mm -hmm. and I just wait till I hear this thing coming out of the question and then I write that. Mm. It's kind of like a gift comes out of it. And some of those things actually turn into songs. Nice. Nice, that's good stuff. Yeah. Mm. But anyway, um, thank you all for listening to that. Thank you for sharing that. Daniel,
2: Um, how about you? (laughs) Well... um, I would say yeah actually similar to you like my spirituality has changed a lot Um, and I have a feeling it's going to continue to do that Um, because where it is now is definitely very different I've gone through phases of being younger and kind of being real I I was also raised in a Christian kind of family and you know we did the church thing once a week and so that's kind of how I was raised and I was totally involved in that and cool with that and then Something kind of hit where the exact opposite happened to me. I was like, oh, wait, I don't actually, I don't find anything from this. It's not really like, it doesn't make sense to me right now. Mm -hmm. It actually kind of makes me uncomfortable, the whole concept. So I'm going to steer away as much as I can. So I was on the total other end of the spectrum until more recently, uh, kind of in the college years, I would say, uh, where I've been exploring this a lot more. And, you know, I'm definitely a work in progress as well. In fact, the way I kind of see the world and the way I want to um, walk through it is something I can't quite do yet, you know? Like, I try to do it a little more every day, but it's difficult, right? So there's, I guess I have this vision of the way I see the world and how I want to follow that concept, but it doesn't always... We're not there yet, basically. Mm -hmm. Anyway, uh, (laughs) simply to boil it down, you know, I think, and we've... You mentioned this a second ago, like energy and everything. Yeah, everything is definitely connected. And I think there's a lot less like separation than we actually see. I think it's all mm-hmm. just one big energy system. Mm-hmm. I like, think everything's connected that way. And kind of walking around, you know, as, as cheesy as it is, you know, uh, the thing that connects us all is love in some way. Mm-hmm. And it's, oftentimes there's also just reflections of lack of love. So it's kind of... You know, one mm-hmm. side versus the other. You have that everywhere you go. So mm. just trying, I think for me right now, what's important is just being aware when I'm seeing those reflections of the lack thereof and trying to push it towards that direction, mm-hmm. like seeing where we could fill those gaps, mm-hmm. you know? Um, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at, right you now. <laughs> okay. It's just exploring that connectiveness with yeah. everything and how yeah. can I yes. kind of achieve that better? Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: Anyway. Yeah
0: you know just one last thing about that it connected to you know it just seems like it's a theme for all of us <clears throat> around the connection it I just wanted to share kind of a pivotal moment um it was actually with Justin's Tai Chi teacher um Xu Dong Lee you mm-hmm. know was our mutual teacher and my first class actually with him and <clears throat> um and it, it's, it's, the words really don't mean a lot. But for me, in the moment when he said them, mm. something happened. Mm. And so basically, the instruction was, we were just standing there. Mm-hmm. And he said... Um, you know, well, besides all of the stuff, like, keep feel your feet on the ground and things like that. He said, sure. so imagine... Um, feel all the energy around you in every direction in the universe and allow yourself to be receptive to that energy, to feel one with this energy, all the energy around you. It was, that's a paraphrasing, but it was something like that. And when I did that, it was like a light bulb went on because I had been connected to my crown chakra. Mm you know, through yoga and the practice of yoga, which was a huge, huge part of my life for many, 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 many years. But there was something about being able to connect to my insides Mm. and all of the the energy around me. And that was the difference between Tai Chi and yoga for me, Mm. was yoga was very much about my personal system. Mm. And Tai Chi was about me and the world and how I move through the world Mm. and being able to connect energetically with the world around me, not just in a yoga class, which... When I was teaching or whatever, but in the world, and I that really changed everything, and actually started to make me feel healthier mm. um, and have a lot more energy in general. So I just wanted to bring
1: that up. <laughs> 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 now back to Nancy. <laughs> no, no, no! no I, I'm all with that. <laughs> well, just that. the idea that you know we have this the Big Bang Theory, right, and everything just gets scattered around and then, like, everybody's made of stuff that's been flying through the universe. Yeah. And then we get this this little kernel of, I don't know if it's a soul or this mm-hmm. this concept of an individual that does kind of, like, split us or separate us from everything else out there. Right. I don't know. Sometimes I just look in the sky and I just try to see how far I can see and doesn't it? It just seems kind of lonely. <laughs> I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I was like, "Where is everybody else?" Yeah, <laughs> it's true. Yeah, bye.
2: Yeah.
1: <sighs> Deep thought. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I okay. So this comes back to things like like music and art and and language. In and I think. I think it's it's just like you know pointing, our our ears towards the sky and seeing if we can pick up anything. I think um, all these ways of communicating, like music, being able to say these things that words can't, being able to say it in a way that words can't. I think that's mm. you know, this this yeah. yearning to, to connect yes, yes. with other people and trying to find different ways if it's not if it's not language, you know, and then maybe it's visual arts or maybe it's yeah. maybe it's music. I was telling um, my friend's daughter, it's like she'd never been to a chamber music concert. She'd never been to any kind of classical thing. And I said, well, you can think about it this way. (laughs) Like, in some ways, things like uh, classical musicians, in ways that, well, classical music in a way is kind of an ambassador because a lot of, you could learn a quartet. And chances are, you could play this with other people around the world, because a lot of people have had this exposure to classical music, mm-hmm. but nowadays maybe other things as well. Yeah. Like you could go to Japan, right, and and jam with some people, mm-hmm. you know, play jazz with some people. Yeah. But But what does that, like, how do you, mm-hmm. what is the communication that happens there? Right, and music is, is it's all vibration, and what is that
0: what comes across in that vibration? This kind of leads me maybe to this question that you <clears throat> had talked about wanting to to kind of or this topic. So Nancy, do you believe that hardships or life lessons make for a better artist? Like how does that relate to creativity and
1: well, remember how you were talking about your traumatic experience at the applied auditions? Yes. Um, there was an interview with the actress Cicely Tyson. She was interview, doing an interview with Oprah, and she says, you know, I don't remember any of my great experiences. She goes, I remember all the bad things, because yeah. that was when I grew. Mm-hmm. Um, but going back to the job of being an accompanist and playing for all these studios... Sometimes you see not what we would call um, legally you know, ab- abusive situations. Like you can see somebody just being really hard on somebody mm-hmm. and thinking like, oh, well, this is how I was taught.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And this is how I'm going to teach. And I know this made me good, so it's going to make them good. So it's kind of interesting because it's like... We don't quite break the cycle of violence when it comes to music, especially teaching in certain situations. And so you know, you have to witness a lot of this. And like I said, Mm -hmm. the great thing about it is that I can see all these different things. Is there a reason to be that way? It's like, well, it may work for very few people, but overall, no. Mm -hmm. Like whether you're nice to them or whether you beat them, they can both lead to the... To success, but I mean, <laughs> yes. There's a lot of baggage that comes from, you know, being tough on people, and, and sometimes you might not make it. I mean, yeah. I thought uh, Stephen Tyler actually said something really <laughs> neat, because he was talking about his experience with American Idol, mm. and they said, you know, well, you know, you, you got to be a little bit more, you know, harder on these people. You know, you can't just say, oh, that's great. And he was saying, well. I mean, I don't, this is a young person. I don't want to tell them they can't sing. <laughs> and, like, mm-hmm. and maybe like down the road, when, it, when they have a kid or something, they don't want to sing to this kid because they don't think they can sing. And it's like, way to go, mm-hmm. Steven Tyler. You know? Yeah, <laughs> wow. And um, so mm-hmm. with especially like with singing, we're talking about how vulnerable it is. Yeah. And when I'm working with people, it's like, I don't want to say that one thing mm-hmm. that makes them stop or or not do it anymore, yeah. and it's a tough thing because sometimes, you know, my funny brain mm-hmm. wants to make a joke. <laughs> yeah, like, right. Oh, that would be so. No, 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 no. <laughs> Got to right. save that one right. for another Just, time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or you you can re- read the room, so to speak. It's like, oh, they can take it. Mm-hmm. So does it? Does it? Mean, I mean, you know, Jackie Chan. Mm-hmm. It's like he got as good as he did because his teachers were crazy hard on him. Like the regimen that he had to go through. I mean, what makes a good artist?
3: Well,
0: yeah, and it's debatable whether that person would be just as good without having had that um, the beatings or whatever he went through. Also, you know, there is some more um, research now being done on what goes on in the brain oh, really? around learning, yeah. and one of the things they've discovered is that it. Our brain doesn't. We don't learn as well when we're feeling afraid mm. and unsafe. Yeah, and yeah.
2: That doesn't surprise me, though. No. Just yeah. Having extra stress. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, it's going to lead to hard, you know, harder times. Yeah. I, I certainly can't practice if I'm stressed out.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You know. Hmm.
1: I mean, have you well, always had nice teachers, or have you had?
2: Yeah, I I lucked out. I know Jill's had some different experiences and. I mean, yeah, my, my story is simple, mostly, mm. pretty much, actually, yeah. So mm-hmm. it's been an easy ride. <laughs> yeah, Probably.
0: well, yeah, and I, I did have a Spanish teacher once, mm-hmm. um, and I, I just happened to have been a very shy student. I, I obviously talk a lot now, but I used to really barely talk. Mm-hmm you know, seriously, like, and if somebody called on me in class, I, my face would turn bright red, and wow. my my heart rate would go just yeah. sky high, oh my <clears throat> and so I was in Spanish class in college, <laughs> and the teacher was just this, um, she would just bark at us, like, bark, bah, 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 like that, <laughs> you know, you call the name, and I would hear her, like, yelling at the guys in the class, and it, she was just so hard, and and so, actually, she would call on me, and I knew the answer, like, the languages just happened to come very easily to me, and, but I just couldn't function in that moment, and I would just blank out, and that happened, like, over and over again, and she was getting mad at me because I, I couldn't know. answer, and so one day I just went up to her after class, <laughs> and I said, you know, I just want to tell you that it's just harder for me. Yeah. to think and to answer, I, I can't, I, my nervous system, for whatever reason, I just, um, I get so nervous that I blank out, yeah. and so she said to me, well, I have to be this way in class, because I've got a lot of football players in here, and if I'm not hard on them, then they're <laughs> not going to do, you know, they're not going to do their homework, and, you know, and I've had another couple of teachers, even yoga teachers, believe it or not, wow. my first yoga teacher, who I adored, you know, and this is the thing. I've actually had teachers that I adored that were mm-hmm. just abusive. Yeah. And, yeah, she would just bring, us to the middle, bring me to the middle of the room. Jill, get, a, take, get into headstands. And I'd, you know, gather around everybody. Let's look at Jill's headstand. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, and then she'd say, point at me and say, that is a dead headstand. <laughs> and um, come down. And then, you know, I'd say, well, I didn't understand why it was dead. And, well, what made it dead? And she'd like, I'm not going to tell you. And things like that, or just slapping. But it, w- it was an Iyengar style. So she was a first-generation Iyengar teacher. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of, you know, that level of abuse right. is is not um, unusual for, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. So, you know, teachers yeah. being t- taught in a certain way, and then they pass it on to their students. So, you know, Mark Anderman, I think, is is at the JC. Yep. He's was the... I don't know if he still is the music chair, but... He does a lot of research around um, best ways that students learn best. And, you know, he has a Ph.D. and I can't remember exactly what he told me once, but I can't remember. (laughs) I'm sorry, Mark. I have to look that up. But it was around learning, you know, and I I just don't know the name of the degree. Sure. But, you know, um, if we can be kind and gentle, you know, I love that about you, that that's how you're wanting to be. It's not that we don't help people to grow, Mm -hmm. right? But creating a safe place um, and a place of relaxation, I think, is really
1: powerful. It is. And, well, like I said before, though, it's it's a tough thing because, you know, sometimes people do learn. Oh, sorry. People do learn from tough, Mm -hmm. yeah, quote unquote, negative. Tough love, yeah. Negative things, and it's it's very difficult, you know. As a step parent, you know, you look at, you're know, like, oh, you know, their art would just get so much better if they have a couple of, sure. you know, life lessons. But you don't want them to, you don't want anybody to get hurt. You don't want to see them suffer. Yeah. And, yeah.
0: Well, what do you mean by life lessons mm-hmm. in that in that
1: context? Maybe it's like you know a tough relationship, or you know, just mm-hmm. something something that that happens that just gets them just a little bit more aware Mm -hmm. of of the world, you know, because I I guess one of the lessons in Buddhism is that there is suffering. Yeah. Yeah. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: And yeah, you can have secondhand experience just reading the news, but it's different from firsthand experience. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You don't want people to go through those, those aches and pains that are, you know, and like with students, just seeing some of them Some of them, whether they're broken or some of them, whether they come back from it, you know, Mm -hmm. from these experiences and especially with the arts, Mm -hmm. especially with the arts. Like when I think we're really drawn to damage, Um, honestly, like a lot of times we like to hear voices, (laughs) you know, some people sing. They're like, oh, I love that husky sound. (laughs) It's Mm -hmm. like you love somebody who smoked a lot of cigarettes and has Mm -hmm. a lot of like vocal damage, you know, or whether somebody's like not going to. Be able to, to sustain that singing voice for the rest of their career, but you know people love it. And it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, you know, and it's yeah. We're we're drawn to a certain amount of pain, like um, like somebody who's been through things and they mm-hmm. write a song, as opposed yeah. to somebody who hasn't. Like, right. uh, what songs will endure, or what mm-hmm. songs will we right. will hold on to? And it's like, why is that?
0: That's a great question. You know, I I'm, I I think we've you know. We've talked a little bit about liking sad songs. Oh, you know, holy. I love, you know, it's so much a part of our humanity, uh, the whole wide range of emotions and, and things that we all yeah. go through in life and feel. Mm-hmm. And to have the, a singer or, I mean, a musician, mm-hmm. uh, who, who, whatever it is, offering up their piece to us, whether it's a recording or live, and we receive that, mm-hmm. and that connection can feel comforting, like, oh, wow, I'm not alone.
3: Yeah, true.
0: You know, and there's like this level mm-hmm. of, I think a lot of times it's hard if we're just walking around in the world to allow ourselves that. to feel pain mm-hmm. um, and discomfort. That is a big practice to learn how to allow ourselves to open up to pain and discomfort um, and allow it to move through us. And I think sometimes music can help us to really, to feel what, what's what's going on inside, and to let it go, mm-hmm. because of course it will change. Yeah.
1: Um, okay. Okay. But yeah. I think it's fascinating that um, at the JC there were a couple of students that, you know, this one student he couldn't speak; he would just stutter, like he would just get stuck on a stutter, and the moment he would start to sing, oh my gosh, just. No wow. problem, no stuttering, just fine, just wow. going through. Mm. I think that's one of the, the great things. I think that's one thing that's kind of healing about music is that it has a flow to it. Yeah. And mm. then you can just kind of let your brain just ride into that groove. Yeah. Good point, Yeah. And, and flow on with it. And, and I, think, I think you're right about like this thing about damage <laughs> and yeah. just not wanting to be alone with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Saying, yeah, we're, we're all having pain in
2: our yeah. lives, you know. Totally. It's pain is universal, and if mm-hmm. you're anything like me, you take your pain, you throw it over there, and don't worry about it until you hear a song that reminds you of it, oh. and then you sit with it for a while, and then you realize you're having that, and it helps you to work it out in a way, you know? I think for me, mm-hmm. it's always been a useful tool to help work out emotions, which mm-hmm. is something that doesn't come naturally, mm-hmm. you know? So, mm-hmm. yeah, hearing those, you know, those songs, not only is it, like... That it's nice that someone else can relate in a similar way, but it helps you understand what's going on for yourself. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Definitely.
1: Yeah. So do you put it back in the corner, or do you keep? It? Yeah, yeah, no, you just <laughs> keep it over there. You know, you're
2: good over like a mile away
1: <laughs> in the corner. <laughs>
0: you think you're good. And then yeah, and then but that song like, will come and it will just chasing after you slowly. Up,
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, oh my me god! The it just rides. You along forgot the... about me. <laughs> you know? yeah. yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> So mm. a surprise,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, you know, for so many years, my whole, like, goal and my intention in uh, yoga practice and teaching was actually to um, help people learn how to be with discomfort mm. and pain. And wow. just through having, you know, studied mindfulness and um, Buddhism, even though I'm not a Buddhist, but I went pretty deeply into yeah. uh, studying that and, you know, um, learning how to be with resistance, you mm-hmm. know, and and how you relate to resistance, for example, to feeling something. But anyway, so I did that for a bunch of years, and then um, you know that was my main focus for all these years. And then I realized, you know what? I've forgotten how to open up to pleasure. Mm-hmm. And so that actually is what I've been doing for the last, right. <laughs> you know, 15 years, honestly, is, like, that's what so brings me thing. joy, yeah. you know, like, I can be with pain, but, like, what brings me joy, and that's honestly, that's like, cool. what got me into jazz, and, wow,
2: yeah. right on, that's Fine. awesome, yeah, yeah,
1: two sides to that, right, <laughs> learn
2: to enjoy the good stuff as well.
1: Yeah, I think that's a difficult thing. I think we're hardwired to to want to see failure. <laughs> <laughs> well, like when you go to see acrobats, right? And somebody's on the high wire. It's like how many people in the audience are wanting to see this person <laughs> fall? Oh, no.
2: Like, oh, no. <laughs> or are they
1: just scared of that or like how many of you, not, right. not, not wanting ill on them, no, right, but just like to are, expect- thing, are expecting, happen. yeah, to yeah. see, to see failure. It's like, or oh, so oh I always God. think that at Cirque du Soleil, you know, like where they're just so good. So <laughs> incredible. They're so good at it. And, and but you just see things like <laughs> are they gonna, and maybe that's what it's like when you watch classical music. Like, are they gonna biff? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, especially on Mozart, you can tell. You can tell. You can when tell
3: yeah. Oh my god!
1: But um, some people ask. You know, it's like, well, you know, what's, what was that like going to that concert? You know, you know that must have really bothered you. All those things. It's like that's not what I'm doing when I'm there at all. It's like I shut that
3: yeah. off. Mm-hmm.
1: I'm not there to to critique them mm-hmm. or to correct anything. It's just like. What are they bringing? Yeah, they bringing?
0: enjoying. Yeah. Yes, so finding, right. <laughs> finding joy in, 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 music. in music. Yes. Wow. <laughs> um, That's great. Yeah. So, you know, um, I'm wondering, you know, we've in the LGBTQ world, there's now kind of more acceptance and social growth uh, compared to, you know, 10 years ago, mm-hmm. 20 years ago. I mean, horrific um things that have you know the way society has been towards gay people mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and um so being a gay woman um mm-hmm. yourself how has that been in the music world and you know maybe in the past and how it is now yeah Oof.
1: <laughs> <laughs> or in life I, the question in, yeah in in life um Yes, things have changed quite a lot, but I'm not sure how much of a bubble we're in 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 this mm. in this county, even True. as far as like how well we treat things like gender identity. And, good, good point. Oh yeah, other things like that.
0: Although I will say be, um, that you know because my family is back east in, mm. in upstate New York mm-hmm. and in a fairly conservative town, even though they're not conservative, but there is a, you know so I know a little bit about what's going on there in that little Always. town, and they're educating. You know, people in the schools and mm-hmm. stuff. So uh, that, <clears throat> around gender identity and... Yeah. Uh, that said, it, you oh. know... Um, and then, you know, TV shows mm-hmm. that are mainstream TV shows, they're... Yeah, ex- coming into I'm the Normalizing is that. I don't know if that's the right word yeah. to use for that, but...
1: But, yeah, are we in a bubble and... Oof, yeah, it is, it is very, it's a tough thing. And luckily, I mean, I think with something like piano, there are, sometimes there are <laughs> gendered things in, as far as piano goes. Because, you know, there are clearly ways that, that, uh, this was back in the day. <laughs> like, this mm-hmm. is how a woman makes a pianissimo on a keyboard. And this is how <laughs> a man makes it, <laughs> right? So like, you would see some performers like, and the guy looks like he's just like, trying to pet a ladybug <laughs> to make this <laughs> piano note, right? It was just like, just tapping. And then the woman is like, she's the fairy godmother, and she's like tapping a baby's forehead. It's like a lot of flowy <laughs> wrist action.
2: And, That's hilarious. Oh, my gosh, when I
1: saw that, I was like, no, no. And luckily, none of my teachers were like that okay. at all. They were mm-hmm. just like, you do what you do to get the sound that you totally. want out of mm-hmm. it. And playing with color and all that sort of thing. But I do think that... Um, Being gay brings a lot more, what did you call it, not butchness, but but to to my playing, yeah, I'm not going to like, you know, I've got these great Popeye forearms, and part of that is like from playing six to eight hours a day, but just just not being, I'm not going to hold back. Mm -hmm. And I think as women, I think that that really keeps us from learning a lot, because we are taught to be, or we were taught to be, you know, very demure and very, Mm -hmm. you know, understated sort of thing like to be out there was not very encouraged and then mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like who I am it's like oh well mm-hmm. yeah it's just gonna go out there anyway I mean how far have we come I don't know mm-hmm. we still have far to go um and uh it's interesting working with uh parents throughout the whole years as, mm-hmm. as I was saying before like when a. um like in, in my twenties and I was work when I was working with, with kids, you know, you could see that kind of nervousness that parents had, like, oh, here's a gay person who's going to work with my kids mm-hmm. and I'm going to watch, you know, or I'm going to stick oh, by man. them and make sure, you know, nothing happens. And then mm-hmm. I mean, how many news reports do you have to see where it's not like it's not gay women? Right. <laughs> or right. like your kids. But so again, you just cultivate a lot of things like I cultivated language of talking to kids that just, you know, made them, it's just just about music. Mm -hmm. It has nothing to do with with gender or anything like that. However, when you're working with people in the context of musical theater or or classical music, singing, any kind of vocal stuff, you look at the subject matter. (laughs) It's like, there was no way that I was really... I think for a lot of times I was disappointed to know I was a soprano because the <laughs> literature that you would have to sing uh, as a soprano is like, I don't want to sing about Can't Help loving That Man, or I don't right, want to sing right. about this, or I don't want to sing about yeah, that. You know, they always tell you, write what you know. It's like, well, why can't you sing what you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Because those songs aren't out there. And mm-hmm. as, as a mezzo, you're kind of a little luckier because then you get to do a lot of these pants rolls. <laughs> but, yes. yeah, so, cool. I mean, yeah, there was just so much that you could do depending on how authentically you wanted to live your lifestyle
3: interesting
1: and of course you know when you're on stage you're acting and, mm-hmm. yeah. and stuff like that but right. like how much can you mm-hmm. yeah,
3: totally.
1: do mm-hmm. that especially since like you know music just is so like if it's always me then where is it when I have to do things that don't really <laughs> speak Not yeah mm-hmm. yeah
3: mm-hmm.
1: You know, or Can you find some place? Yeah, you just have to do a little bit more soul searching or soul <laughs> yeah. changing. Interesting. Yeah. It, it, it is a tough thing. So,
0: you have really been a singer then? No. No. <laughs> no. no. Okay. No, no, no. So, did you sing in a choir? Did you cuz
1: Sure, um, I've sung sing choirs, but, okay. you know, like in college and stuff like that. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, like when I when I coach, when I do vocal coachings, like I have to warm up, every day I have to warm up. Right. Like, otherwise, you have to
0: demonstrate things, or? Oh, sure. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay. It's like,
1: well, how does this go? And then you have to just sing it. and it's I like, see. Oh, It goes like this. Wow. And if you don't warm up, then, <laughs> 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 you know, you're using your voice mm-hmm. in that capacity for, for hours a day. Yeah. And then, you lose it. Mm-hmm. You get laryngitis or you get sick.
0: Right. So so you sing, but you're not like a singer. That's not Correct. something that you're interested in doing, but you're trained actually as a I
1: I do it when just like the tap dancing thing. It's like, oh, this needs a song. Okay, fine. Yeah. Awesome. You know, just writing a song. <laughs> um. You do a lot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know, I
0: know. My God, you're so creative.
1: Well, part of it is you just do it. It's like, it's like, oh, I want to do this. And then mm-hmm. you do it. And that's the beauty of things nowadays. Like, you just see people that just go for it.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: It's not like how, it, I mean, especially with things like YouTube, right? Mm-hmm. It's not like how it used to be where you wanted an so agent true. to find you. Right. And then you'd get on TV and people would see you. Nowadays, right. it's like, what yeah. don't we look at?
2: Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. I agree. hmm yep. mm. Okay, if you do so much as it is, is there anything else you've just uh that you gravitate to that's maybe not music related, you know, kind of sort of in your time away from uh working at the school hmm. that you're really into
1: outside of that. Gosh, that's a tough one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, well,
2: for me, it was finishing The Witcher on Netflix, if anyone <laughs> hasn't seen that. <laughs> <laughs> that you finished thing. it already? Oh, yeah. It it wow. On <laughs> I I I'm like on Witcher break is. right now. I'm taking <laughs> advantage, you know, before my life completely goes back to chaos mode.
1: So. Yeah. No, that's good. You've got to catch it where you can. Yeah. Um, I think just non-music, it would just be writing. Right. Writing. Mm-hmm. Um, I do love to... I never knew that I liked to travel, but I do like to travel. Um, part of it uh a friend of a friend she's a singer in in germany and i found out she was going to be singing the role of electra you know from schlaus and and i said you know what i have this hunch i need to go see this (laughs) and so two years down the road i bought a ticket i went to germany just to see her sing oh man and I was not disappointed. I was completely blown away, and she was fantastic about it. My friend Suzanne, she got me a ticket that was like center, mm-hmm. and and you know like everything is going on on stage, and then the moment she's getting ready to sing, she faces, and it's just like I feel like she's looking she right at me ah. in this concert hall, oh, just fills oh. whole whole hall. It was just an amazing experience. But outside of, you mean outside of like creating things or? Just just
2: outside of music, anything that's not necessarily music related. So traveling totally is kind of not, even though there's music wherever you go, but
1: that's not. And writing, you know, I just like to to write and draw. Like Mm -hmm. that's one thing that's always been kind of on the back burner. I mean, I used to always have these dreams that I had lizards that I had forgotten about. And they were emaciated and I hadn't fed them, but they were still alive. You know, and I keep having this recurring dream about like pets or mostly lizards <laughs> I didn't, that I didn't take care of. And I think a lot of times it was that, like this other all these other facets that, that really <laughs> were still alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But just needed to somehow live.
0: Do you have um like a musical fantasy or a creative fantasy? Something like if you could just blink your eyes and You're there doing this thing, um, what would that be?
1: Hmm. Church of Music would be one little minor Mm -hmm. dream. Yeah. Um, Just finding ways of getting, making it more accessible for people to do music. Mm -hmm. Like when I see Gustavo Dudamel and, you know, when they organize these big, like, grassroots music programs where they put an instrument in every kid's hand. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, I think things like that are are wonderful but also like mm-hmm. Daniel you know you're saying I want you to, I want to see you do more of those things those yeah. shit kind of shows yeah. exactly. yes totally. oh my yeah. gosh
0: yeah so do you have any um favorite comedians
1: speaking of yes mm-hmm. how yes. about well
0: oh I shouldn't say <coughs> <that. laughs> sorry go sorry. ahead no sorry, go you? ahead I didn't want to put a name in your mouth <laughs>
1: I do. The funny thing is, I do, but they're not coming to my mind right now. Right. How about
0: *Hannah Gadsby*? I don't
1: know. Oh my gosh, you've got to look
0: up her um, Netflix Mm -hmm. Netflix special. Mm -hmm. I'll I'll tell you
1: later. I like John Mulaney. Mm -hmm. He cracks me up. He has Mm -hmm. a new show um, with the sack lunch bunch with a bunch of kids. (laughs) Like, (laughs) oh, I think
2: I okay. Yeah. Um, as far as comedy goes, George Carlin's always been. Like, yes. Yes.
1: Okay. Yes. Killer. Yeah. I love George Carlin. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> and it's always tough. Like um, whenever I do my shows, I make sure that I don't that I keep it so that kids can be PG there. in some sort <laughs> of yeah. fashion. Yeah. I I might have said shitty once, <laughs> 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 but that's about as far <laughs> as it can... Oh, yeah, because I did a song called Bat-Shit Crazy. Mm-hmm. It was about a woman who's she's, she's bat-shit crazy, but she's cute as hell. There you go. <laughs>
2: the blues tune. It was a con- country song. <laughs> <There you go.
1: laughs> yeah. Well, you know, because why not? Yeah, yeah right? <laughs> the are going to the next Variety show. Oh, no man. doubt. It was, it was a fun song to write. It was like... She's batshit crazy, but she's cute as hell. Logic and reason are a mighty tough sell. Your mind says no, but your body says, well <laughs> <laughs> She's batshit crazy, but she's cute as hell. Nice. <laughs> I Country love drawl. it. Oh, nice. Cool. Wow. <laughs> yeah, That's fun. You could just
2: host a Saturday Night Live like variety show. Variety show.
1: That would be that. fun. Wouldn't though. it? Oh my God. Totally. I mean, like, what could we imagine? Like even on the scale of the county. I mean, I know they have open mic things, but what like, something yeah. Mm. <laughs> oh no. We gotta
2: put our thinking caps. Yeah, that's that. hard. I, like I had some ideas and then I shot them down immediately. Oh.
3: Cool.
2: Yeah, as far as like even just location is a thing, you know, um, like around here, Santa Rosa, if that's kind of the hub to think of, like. I guess. I mean, mean,
1: Francis I One um, yeah. pipe dream kind of thing that I've always wanted was, you know, we have the orchestra at the JC. And then we have Spreckel's Theater, which is a full, it's one of the few theaters that can have a full orchestra pit. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I would love to hear a musical with the full pit mm-hmm. that was intended to be, as mm-hmm. opposed to like, well, let's have a bunch of keyboards and let's yeah. mic everybody. Like, I want to hear that sound.
0: Yeah. Well, speaking of that, I actually had wanted to ask you, you created some musical soundscapes for a show at Spreckel's Hamlet. Yeah. Do you want to tell us
1: about that? Daniel cool. helped me with that like, Really? <laughs> Daniel. I went into, I went into and I was like, I need these yeah, things. And easy. you're like, yeah. what are you going to do? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to bow a symbol. <laughs> I remember. Yeah, that's right. I didn't remember the specifics
2: of what you were looking for. <laughs> oh, I want to hear this.
1: And I found out it takes a lot of rosin. <laughs> I believe it, yeah. A lot of oh, rosin. That's going to be a sharp sound. That was a, a fun project, and, and I was very lucky. Um, Sherry Miller is uh, I think she's the artistic director at Sparkles. And she's known me for quite a while, but she's one of these few people who's never, like, pigeonholed me. Like, oh, you're an accompanist, so you're just going to be the accompanist for the rest of your life. But she's always like, you know, I have this idea. What do you think? (laughs) You think you can do it? And it's Mm -hmm. like, oh. Neat. Yeah. Somebody who gives you these opportunities to be... Something that you never knew you mm-hmm. could, or you know, and it just lets you expand on it. It was, it was a great experience. And again, it's a lot of things. Like you're trying, they're doing this great monologue, and you're on your keyboard. It's like boop squeak. <laughs> <laughs> and like, um, less of that. <laughs> <laughs> and like okay, okay. <laughs>
2: totally, that's a fun process.
1: It was a fun process, and I bought a synth drum, um, and. You know, like, it would have different effects. You could press it, and it would have different effects. And you could hit it on the rim, all different kinds of things. Just bringing in all these different kinds of sounds and working with iPads and, and mm-hmm. yeah. Thumb Jam. Thumb yeah. Jam is a That's great awesome. program for that. Um, just expanding. Again, it was like, well, I don't know how to tap dance. <laughs> I don't know how to drum, but I'm going to bring these things. <laughs> and, yeah, because they're the right thing mm-hmm.
3: totally.
1: for that You know how time. to make it work. <laughs> Sometimes, <laughs> I find ways. Mm-hmm. Do
2: you have a yeah. favorite musical toy that we're talking about kind of, well, not toys, but you know, like little tools, even if it's like electronic drum
1: or anything. I do love that synth drum. Yeah. 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 I would love to have more time on it. Yeah. Musical toys. Whew. Uh,
2: have you played like the seaboard or anything like that? Any, no.
1: You know, what is like, this? Like
2: MIDI pianos. Like it looks like a black keyboard that you can change oh. velocities and pitches. Oh, how
1: and cool. And, um, yeah
2: i have to, um, Jack just got one for oh. telling so you have to oh. go over and play it sometimes. Oh, cool. I got a chance so in school. Neat. But. I
1: do want to get a clodney plate. What's that? Uh, yeah, I don't know those. It's basically a, it's a plate that you pour sand on oh. and you run sound through it and certain frequencies will make patterns. Oh, neat. And I would love to have a song that's written that just like makes the shifts in the patterns. <laughs> You know, yeah, it would just that. be these long tones. Yeah. But it's Neat. fascinating. That's really cool. A friend of mine and I, we made a, a mini one out of like a PVC pipe that was like this big, and we stretched a black balloon over it, and you pour sand on it, and you sing into it. And sometimes you can get the patterns to form. You have to get certain frequencies. That's Interesting. Cool. Yeah. Whoa. And so I would love to do like a live performance of that where you kind of have this <laughs> this it's thing about going the shape. on. shape. Yeah. That's so cool. And Neat. people can see. And, you know, how Jerome does those things with the um, multimedia stuff where he has projections. It's like I would really love to do things that are actually like have dance, like have dance mm-hmm. and puppetry. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what thing. I'm a sucker for puppets. <laughs> like, yeah. Like Lion King size things, you know. Yeah. Yep. Um, but just something, a live interaction that's mobile. That's cool. another thing that I would like to do. Wow. I love, I love dance. I love puppetry. Mm-hmm storytelling mm-hmm. basically oh
0: yeah. mm-hmm. uh, well thank you for Reliable. sharing your stories oh, yeah. with <laughs> thank us you. today
1: thank you too for doing yeah. this it's
0: this wonderful. really been fun <sighs> to to know you and yeah hear about you delightful.
2: and it's cool that we've all like known each other for a while too i know yeah. That's no. pretty funny. um
1: <laughs> I, I totally forgot that you came in the stand and
2: got <laughs> that stuff. That's so fun. <laughs> I
1: remember seeing you perform every time you just looked so cool. Like you always yep. had yourself well put together mm-hmm. and you go out there, you know, with your hair back. <laughs>
2: oh, yeah. Back in the days of the long
1: hair. <laughs> it's like, oh. You know, they always say, like, look at that cool cap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Little did he know I'm sweating through my shirt. Like Didn't know. <laughs> nope. <Yeah. laughs>
1: That's it. Fake cool.
2: Learned it quick. <laughs> Success. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think by the time this episode comes out, it'll be the new year's
0: Oh for sure, yeah. Okay.
2: Well, listeners, hope you had a good holiday mm-hmm. It's New Year. I know I certainly did. It was lovely, and yes. hopefully everyone here as well has had a nice little yeah. little holiday break. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, thanks for tuning in today. Um, was there anything else you wanted to talk about today?
1: Well, I'm sure mind? we could just go on. Oh on. yeah, maybe another time. Yeah, That's another true, time. You know? Yeah,
0: and we'll be hearing about those puppet shows yeah. <laughs> next time. Yeah. I got to go
1: and build them. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> I have to stock your Facebook for um, some comic relief
1: for myself. <laughs> I have to make but more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I'd love to see those. Yeah. I'd love to see those.
0: Well, thank you again. and thank you. And listeners, thank you for tuning in once again. And uh, be fe- uh, feel free to share anything, um, any podcasts or comments that you uh, would like to share with us. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.
2: Appreciate you guys. Have a good one. Bye. See
0: you.